0: To him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his blood and made us kings and priests, to God the Father, to him be all glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Before I introduce the sermon text today, let me share as an introduction that we have a little sermon series of for this next month, building on the name of this season, life in this Pentecostal church. Yes, this (coughs) Pentecostal church. (laughs) Now that obviously could be misunderstood because generally in our society and with churches, people understand a Pentecostal church to mean something perhaps different than we are. That happens a lot in our society, that words change meanings. I'm toying with the idea at the start of each sermon, and today I will share with you an example of uh, how uh, uh, a definition of a word has been changed, and how it affects us today. Something that may seem light and 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 maybe a little picky, but it just happened, so all will use it. Seven days ago. We talked about this day as part of the Memorial Day weekend. We talked about this in my Bible class last Sunday. The weekend. But it's not. The week runs from Sunday to Saturday and Sunday, the Lord's Day, is the week's start. And it does make a difference. People see the end of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday when there's a holiday as part of their their weekend and their leisure time, maybe even a selfish time. Instead of focusing as Christians have done basically for 2,000 years, seeing Sunday as the start of the work week but we Christians emphasize the Lord's work on this day. Our Savior's perfect life and death and resurrection. We start that way in his house. And then begin our work in response of faith and thankfulness and love for others. It changes, right? Even habits. to Call Sunday the week. And same with the word Pentecostal it denotes even a particular denomination or denominations nowadays or individual churches that may stress the supposedly uh, sensational uh, gifts of grace that's another word that's misconstrued charismata charismatic means gifts grace, but they will emphasize what? Speaking in tongues or, or miraculous healings or other things. When this series title at the very start wants you to see that the word Pentecostal is much wider than that narrow definition and much, much deeper We have almost continuous readings from 2 Corinthians this month. And we begin, given the date of Easter, with 2 Corinthians chapter four into verse one of the next chapter. Actually, there was a typo in the bulletin. It actually begins, I'm gonna emphasize, in the sermon today with verse 13. So let me read it all. I use the English Standard Version. Uh, from which our worship materials come Paul writes since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written I believed and so I spoke we also believe and so we also speak knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends more and more, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, though our outward nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day for this slight momentary affliction Is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And each week I'm going to pick a couple of words, usually right from the text or summarizing the text, And today, we have faith and future. And and Paul's inspired message here, did you hear that? Faith and future. We have the spirit of faith, indeed, for an eternity with God. And that right there shows you that the Pentecostal spirit works so much more than those wonderful, divine gifts amongst us in the building up of the church, the extension of Christ's kingdom. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives faith. That's most fundamental, right? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The first gift. Pentecostal spirit gave to the early disciples and to these is faith. Worked through the waters of baptism sometimes when we're even babies and grown and developed in the word and sacrament. Faith. Faith. Now faith needs to be defined. We Lutherans love that word, but it gets used so much it also has almost lost its meaning. It is not desperation. You know, foxhole faith, you can't stop the bullets or the grenades, so you just turn and pray to God, right? No. It's not just desperation, although it's absolute trust in God. It is not blind faith. Well, for no reason, I believe in Jesus and have faith. Paul emphasizes here, as we see so often in Scripture, that faith, the faith that the Spirit works is founded and grounded, indeed, in the work of Jesus. Paul writes here, we have the spirit of faith knowing that he who raised the lord jesus will raise us also with jesus your faith in christ is based on objective events that occurred the incarnation of jesus that god came amongst us in the flesh and proved himself the son of god His atoning suffering and death on the cross. The blood was shed for you. And the empty tomb. He is not here. He has risen. Gives you faith. Trust. In God. Indeed the Holy Spirit. As the spirit works, faith is always pointing you to Jesus. Our Lord said the night before he died that I will send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth. He will bear witness of me. The Spirit is always pointing you to the work of Jesus Christ. Important to remember in every every circumstance. I'll just use... The long call process we've had as we've searched for a a new senior pastor, we have uh, said and shared at times that we're trusting in the Spirit's work amongst us with some outward events and, and amazing things that even are seen by the eyes. But number one in this call process, the Holy Spirit is pointing us to Jesus Christ to his atoning work for us. And indeed, apart from that kind of faith, that deepest faith, that lasting faith, nothing is of any value. Faith is sure and certain hope. I usually substitute the word trust when I'm translating it. Hebrews 11.1 1, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And that sounds like our text today. Conviction. Even the word hope is misconstrued. Some of vague, vague, a desire for, for God's grace and gifts and salvation. No, it's certainty because of Jesus, founded on his work. Everything else cannot measure up. This world is passing away. Hebrews 11 goes on to say. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, we have nothing that lasts. But with faith, there is a future more, more real than anything we can see with our eyes. Paul emphasizes here in 2 Corinthians... The things that are seen are transient, that fancy word passing away, temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal, more real, lastingly real. That's always the case. I think I can prove it to you even in an earthly sense. We have many things we see with our eyes right now, but one thing is here today that pervades them all and lasts even if these things are gone. Gravity that in physics, two bodies with electrons and protons have a connection and draw to each other. It can't be seen even if you get to the subatomic level, but it's basically the most basic thing in our earthly existence, right? And if you get more poetic and mystical, amongst us unseen is love, even in an earthly sense. Attraction and affection, one for another. Even romantic love. It's more powerful than anything we can view with our eyes. It distracts People during sermons and in a heavenly sense, the love of Christ, sacrificial love for us and then from us, between us, is most powerful. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, love endures. The work of Jesus endures. That's what's real amongst us. And Paul's comparison is huge here. As we deal in this life with our outer nature wasting away with momentary afflictions, we have an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. A life with God you have now and forever that is weightier than any burdens you're carrying now with sufferings or afflictions. Indeed, not just better, the best, perfect. Even if our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal home in heaven. And you can fill in here all the descriptions of it from God's word. Above and beyond these material things, we've got streets paved with gold. We've got no more tears. We've got one another with the Lord. Pleasures forevermore, and we could go on. The challenge is not only to look beyond in faith from what we see with our eyes but also to share that in our world indeed, there are all kinds of dastardly devilish lies. That's actually the main theme today. And Jesus has conquered that devil. Bruised in his heel on the cross, he has crushed the devil's head. And he asked you and me, to share that with others. Paul says in 2 Corinthians here, we believe, therefore we also speak. And that grace extends to more and more people. The calling today as you go forth is simply to speak these truths in a world where things seem to be changing from the truth. People call evil, good, darkness, light. But we have the truth of God. Indeed, we have faith, sure and certain, in a future. The color this season is green, obviously symbolizing forever, we emphasize today with our Savior, but also as we go forth in our time here, indeed, with faith in a future.